This is the Read to Lead podcast, episode 315. What you know today is something that you maybe didn't know yesterday. Like there is always something to teach and there are always people behind you who need what you have. Hi and welcome to the Read to Lead podcast. I'm Jeff Brown. You found it, the podcast dedicated to your personal and professional growth, where I believe that if you want to achieve true success in business and in life, that intentional and consistent reading is a must. With the Read to Lead podcast, I'll help you not only narrow this ever-important reading list, but bring you key insights and valuable ideas from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. Today, we are joined by brand new author, Kate Krakow. She's written a book called Thinking Like a Boss, Uncover and Overcome the Lies Holding You Back from Success. I'll ask Kate to share about how believing the lie that you need to have it all together is impacting your progress getting past thinking your dreams are greedy, why yes can't be the answer to every opportunity that comes your way, and plenty more. When she's not writing books, Kate spends much of her time coaching women business owners, and though it's that group she had in mind when writing her book, don't make the mistake of thinking it's not for you if you're not a female business owner. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but I'm not a female business owner. But that didn't prevent me from getting tons of value out of Kate's book. And while you're at it, don't just read it for yourself. Do what I did. Read it through the lens of the women you care about. Maybe that's your spouse, your mom, sister, niece. At the very least, once you've enjoyed it, be sure and recommend to them this podcast episode. Kate Krakow is a psychotherapist and a confidence and mindset coach who mentors female leaders around the world. She's coached thousands of women through one-on-one -on -one group and mastermind programs, as well as through her Confident Ladies Club community. She's host of her own weekly podcast called Thinking Like a Boss, where she regularly interviews female entrepreneurs from various fields who have found success in business and in life. And Kate's mission is to empower women to go after their dreams by helping them break down the walls and fears that have been holding them back through lovingly challenging them to step into the best version of themselves. Well, her brand new book is called Thinking Like a Boss, Uncover and Overcome the Lies Holding You Back from Success. I am delighted to maybe be the one who's introducing you to her for the first time. Kate Krakow, welcome to the Read to Lead podcast. Thank you so much for having me today, Jeff. Well, am I pronouncing your last name correctly? I meant to ask that before you we are. got started. Okay. You yeah. are. Most people don't, so <laughs> well, you got I, it. I, 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 my guess was good. Okay. Well, uh, first off, before we jump in here, tell me about a couple of people in your life. Tell me about Annabelle and Charlotte. Oh, you know their names. How sweet. Annabelle is turning three April 16th. And Charlotte is 18 months and they are the loves and the joys of my life. You know, this is a difficult time that everyone's going through right mm. now, but for a mom of two little girls, it's also just really special to be able to spend this extra time with them where, you know, they would have been in daycare and, uh, you know, life, we would have been running to and fro everywhere. And it's it just, it's, it's a little bit of a special time right now, getting to really see them grow and change each day. So yeah, they are they are the loves of my life. I, I love the the silver lining that you've you've found in that. That's very cool. Thank you. 
uh, you, you mentioned kind of everything that's going on, coronavirus, you know, this global pandemic. How is that impacting, um, apart from what you just described and spending more time with your daughters, how has that been impacting uh, your business or, or, or has it? Have you seen impact from it? Yeah, so my, uh, I'm a, you know, psychotherapist and confidence and mindset coach for female leaders. And the coaching side of my business has, and therapy side have not been impacted at least yet, mm-hmm. um, because everything is virtual. Right. But my husband and I also own um, a local breakfast and lunch eatery, oh. which now, uh, you know, everything is gone delivery or pickup. And we might have to close, um, I'm guessing in the next week or two. Mm. And we also are uh, co-owners of a local gym, which we've had to close down a couple weeks ago. So Mm. it's uh, impacting, you know, those businesses a little bit. My husband also works a nine to five and he works in the financial industry. So he is busier than ever Mm. right now. So I'm honestly, just sort of stepping into almost like full-time stay-at-home mom right now <laughs> and working on any little nap time or uh, <laughs> early morning 5 a.m. hours that I can find. Or those 2 a.m. wake-ups out of nowhere. Yes. <laughs> this morning was three. <laughs> hey, I can record a podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, um, I, I like to have you address some of the lies that you, you focus on in the book uh, that women deal with. First, though, I want to know about some of that work that you talk about as a therapist and a mindset coach. How have your experiences in that realm shown you some of the difficulties, Kate, that many women are facing when it comes to running their own business? Yeah. So I always say that I have worked with some of the smartest and savviest women out there. Many of them have college degrees, master's degrees, doctorates, and many of them have had imposter syndrome and felt like Maybe they're not worthy or maybe they're not smart enough or uh, don't have the resources to be successful. And it's not any of that. Like many of them think, oh, I just don't, you know, have all of the business smarts to succeed in my business. But what it comes down to and what I found myself is really just our mindset. You know, you Mm -hmm. can have the business degree, you can have all of the skills necessary to be successful in your business. But if you do not believe in yourself and if your mindset's not healthy, your emotions are not healthy, your business is also not going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. So I really help them sort of uncover what those lies and those beliefs are, unpack them, process them, and then really just give them tools and skills to work through this and start believing that they are capable of having a successful business and that they don't need to know everything in order to be successful. Well, let's dig into the first lie. Uh, The first one that uh, Kate addresses in the book is, I need to have it all together. Now, the approach here, uh, for Kate at least, is is how these impact women. But I can say for the men among us that that's certainly a lie that that I've struggled with and dealt with in the past. Uh, The reality, though, Kate, is we're all just kind of making this up as we go, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I say, as soon as you can just learn to accept that every single one of us is winging it, (laughs) no matter where you're at in your business. Like we look at these people who are maybe 10, 20 steps ahead of us and we're like, oh, 
they've got to have it all together. They've got to have it all figured out. And I remember back when I was um, a social worker working in hospitals and agencies, I used to think like, if only maybe I had that business or I made this much money, like I would have everything together. Like I'd have it all figured out. And then you realize when you get there, like, oh, wow, you look around, life hasn't really changed. Like everything is the same. So as soon as you can just accept that, that we are all winging it, we are all figuring it out. And that's sort of the beauty of life is that we're constantly learning. We've never made, like we never make it. We never get to that top place. It just makes it so much easier. And also I like to say that what you know today is something that you maybe didn't know yesterday. Like there's always something to teach and there are always people behind you who need what you have. You know, I remember like when I first went into business, like just learning even how to navigate social media, I felt so foreign and so scary. And, you know, today I think like, oh, you know, everyone knows this stuff. Like what I know is no big deal. And I was actually talking to my mother-in-law and she was sharing like, I'm learning how to do this thing called Zoom and I'm trying to teach my students on it. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. Like not everyone knows how to use these things (laughs) with all of these lies. I really think it always comes down to acceptance once we can accept that everyone else is sort of in the same place and that, yes, like we can still help people. We don't have to know it all right now in order to be helpful and in order to make an impact. Well, what are some ways to that, Kate, you would recommend sort of gradually building our confidence. Is it a fake it until you make it approach? Is is it something else? Yeah. So I always like to say we fake it until we actually become it. Mm. So to take some time and think like, who is that person that I envision myself to be in the future? If I didn't have these fears, if I didn't have these insecurities and to really start stepping into that place and acting as if you're already there. And the thing is, it's not that we're like faking it. We're just learning to step into who we really are because that person you envision yourself being in the future, that's you. It's just you minus all of your insecurities right now. Mm. So I like to say like envision yourself like almost like a flower, like plucking off all of those insecurities and like right in the middle, the beauty of the middle of the flower, like that's sort of where you are, like envision yourself peeling away all of those layers of insecurities and then just showing up as yourself. I love that. Um, I I think of it very similarly. Many of us from well-meaning teachers and parents, coaches, uh, we're told when we were younger, you know, if you'll just believe in yourself enough, you can do anything you set your mind to. And that's not necessarily bad advice, but I think the reality is so many of us never get around to the believing part. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so if we can, if we can press forward regardless and, and, and allow the belief to catch up, I think, I think we're okay. Well, what about the woman who believes, you know, I'm not ready to start. It's kind of similar to this first one, but what are some ways you've successfully helped w- women tackle that lie? I'm, just, I'm not even ready to start. Yeah. So I think we put these excuses in our lives at times, like I'm not ready to get started because X, Y, and Z. And sometimes it's just about asking yourself, like we make excuses, but is it an excuse or is it maybe that this thing is like not in alignment? Like Mm. maybe it's an opportunity. Let's just say you're presented with this opportunity to speak to this group or whatever. Is it that you're not ready? Like this is just the first question to ask. You're not ready or is this opportunity maybe just not the right match for you right now? And 
once you can figure that out, sometimes it's really just a matter of alignment. Like it's not that I'm not ready. It's just that this doesn't feel right for myself or my business, or it's not an integrity for me. Um, I think it makes it that much easier. And then if it is that you really want to try to do this opportunity, say yes and then figure it out after. (laughs) I love that. So, you know, I think we get so stuck in needing to have all of the steps, like everything lined up, needing to feel ready, but no one has cracked that code of readiness. So if we can just say, okay, this opportunity, yes, is in alignment. It's something I really, really want to do. And if I did feel ready, I would say yes. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to say yes. And I am going to just take the steps to then get there, to not worry so much about that end result. So for an example, when I did my big book launch party, for whatever reason, I've always been afraid of speaking to large, large groups. Like Mm. I can do this because I don't see everyone's faces. Like (laughs) I know that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But if I know that there's going to be about a hundred people in the room, and especially when I know that there are people that I love and I care about, Mm. I get really nervous and I get I work myself up. So I have to say yes to opportunities like that. And then honestly, not think about it and little by little prepare myself in different ways. So as a therapist, we call something like the systematic desensitization. Mm. So when you have like a big fear or a phobia, it's just sort of thinking about the thing. So I'll use the example of I had a therapy client once who was afraid of elevators. And even to say the word elevator freaked her out. Mm. Like she would, like you could tell she has filled with anxiety. So first we started to talk about it. Then the next session we started to look at some pictures together of elevators. Then the next session, we'd talk about it and we'd look at videos. And then before we knew it, uh, I was challenging her to go to the local shopping mall and get on an elevator. Mm. And then went to a hotel and went on a really high elevator. So it's little by little. And that's the only way that we get to our destination. Like we don't just wake up and feel prepared or feel ready. It's taking those small, brave steps to get there. I I so identify with that. Not that you need to hear this from me, but you are certainly not alone in the large groups, <laughs> speaking in front of large groups, that, that used to terrify me. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I spent 26 years in radio before doing this in large part because I didn't have to see anybody that I was talking yes. to. There would be thousands of them out there, but I, I couldn't see them. So that, that made all the difference. But when I went from that for the first time in speaking in front of, you know, a dozen people, suddenly it was like this terrifying experience. But like you said, uh, doing it and forcing yourself to get out there and do it anyway, little by little. Uh, now it's no big deal. But boy, for, for a while there, it was it was definitely a big deal. Well, let's talk about some of the financial barriers or lies, particularly that you, you've seen women struggle with as it relates to their business. Yeah, I think the number one is really feeling greedy, feeling mm. guilt around selling. And I like to always say swap that word selling with serving mm. and with inviting people to work with you or to purchase your products or your services. People have a choice. And I always like to say, if you are feeling like ah, I'm greedy or I'm uncomfortable selling, like, am I salesy or sleazy? Hmm. Most likely you are not because <laughs> you're worried about it, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. If you weren't worried about it, you might possibly be, but I'm not saying that, you know, that's everyone. But if you were in denial about it, that might be an issue. Hmm. But 
look at it as you just sharing your gifts with the world. And no one is going to accept that gift unless you offer. So I have this analogy in the book. I live in New England. So I think of like cool, uh, beautiful fall, crisp days and um, going to a football game. And let's just say you, before you go, you bake this delicious, warm tin of brownies. Brownies, anything chocolate is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) So you have this delicious, warm tin of brownies that you bring with you and you go to the game by yourself and you're sitting there in the bleachers and you're eating them. Most likely, because you know these are so delicious, you love them, you're probably going to ask the person next to you because everyone can smell them and everyone can (laughs) tell how much you're enjoying them. You're going to ask the person next to you, hey, would you like a brownie? And maybe you'll ask the person below you, hey, would you like a brownie? And some people will say, yes, I would love a brownie. These are my favorite. Other people are going to say, you know what? Thank you, but I'm allergic to gluten, so I can't have one. Mm. Someone else might say, hey, I'm on one of these diets and I just can't do it. Or I'm diabetic and I can't have a brownie. But the thing is, in order for someone to take a brownie, you have to put the offer out there. I doubt anyone would tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, would you mind sharing that tin of brownies with all of us here? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just don't see that happening. And I think we have to look at our services and our products in the same type of way. It's Mm. just sharing and putting that invitation out there. And if people want to accept your invitation, they will. And if they don't, that's fine. And it might be for, you know, a bunch of different reasons. I got to ask, uh, these aren't Patriots games we're talking about, are they? No. <laughs> just I'm kidding. just thinking of like my high, the old high school days. <laughs> um, you share a quote, uh, something that you saw, I think, at a conference that, that really resonated with me. Sort of the thing that made you realize that, that your dreams, your personal dreams are not greedy. Can you talk a bit about that? I'm talking about the, uh, the Bobby Houston presentation in particular. Yeah. So there was a quote. I was at the Color Conference, which is associated with Hillsong Church. And I've been going every year. I'm so upset that, you know, it's not going on this year. But this year in particular, I had been feeling um, this was right after this was like when when my daughter was just about one year old. I was at this conference and I just felt like I want all I have all of these desires in my heart right? Like I wanted to be able to publish my book. I wanted to start this podcast. I wanted to start having some interns in my business. I I had like a whole bunch of desires and I just didn't feel worthy enough to ask God for all of them. Mm. For whatever reason, I felt like, I don't know, is this is it wrong to want all of these things? And I remember praying my entire life, God, like I have all these desires, but if you could just give me one, one of these, like (laughs) I would be happy. I'll be content. You know, if I could just find, you know, that man of my dreams, like I'll be happy. I don't need the career also. And I realized because she put this quote up on the screen and it said something to the extent of, daughter, all of heaven looked down and said, daughter, is that all that you really want? Is that all that you really desire? And instant goosebumps Mm. and just felt convicted. Like, why am I limiting God? Why am I telling him what he is capable of giving me? I need to ask for what I want. And if this is of him, he will provide these things. And if not, he'll provide something else. 
And I realized, like, stop putting those limits. And as soon as I was able to read that quote, have that process, I started to pray big and abundant prayers. God, I would love all of these things. I would love for you to bless my family with all of this abundance. And if this is for us, provide, please. And all of those prayers that I had, he brought above and beyond Mm. um, that season. And, you know, I just think of like the book, not only did I get one book deal, but I ended up getting a double book deal because I had pitched a couple different book ideas at Mm. that time. And I, I just think it's so important. I think that I mean, I know men struggle with this too, but I think especially as women, for some reason, we struggle with this worthiness thing and we struggle with this guilt around wanting too much or desiring too much. And I always say, even to my friends, you know, who are still dating and looking for that spouse, pray for all of those qualities that you want. Don't just say like, I hope that they have teeth and hair, you know? (laughs) But pray, like, I hope they have a job. I hope that they can provide. I hope that we can have fun and enjoy each other. Don't settle. And I think so often we just settle just because we're used to it. Like, that's just how many of us have grown up and just lived life for so long. So ask for all of those desires of your heart and just don't hold back anymore. I was attending the Global Leadership Summit a few years ago, and a pastor, Stephen Furtick, I believe it was, was speaking. And he said something that resonated with me, and I shared it with my wife, and it really resonated with her. And it was just simply, if your vision for your life doesn't scare you to death, it's probably an insult to God. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Well, one lie that I've seen some of the women in my life, speaking of the women in my life, fall prey to is this need to say yes to every single opportunity that comes comes their way. What are some guidelines that uh, we can use for deciding whether or not to say yes or, or no to something? So I think the first thing is really getting clear with what it is that you want. I think that so many, especially women, we do what we think other people want of us um, or what other people expect of us. We do, I always say, what we think we need to, we have to, or we should do. And so easy to just get caught up in that and to not take the time to sit down and say, wow, like, am I living my life for everyone else? (laughs) (laughs) Or am I living my life for myself and for the dreams and desires that God has for my life? Because I think that we can sort of do it all. And this is another line in the book is that like, I can't be a good mom and have a business or I can't be a good mom and have a career. But if God puts those desires on your heart, he puts them there for a reason. And he puts them there because he believes that you are capable of doing both. So I think just getting really clear with what do you want? What do you want as a mother? What do you want as um, a husband? What do you want as a father? What do you want as a business owner? And start saying no to the things that just aren't aligned anymore. I always say, ask yourself at least once a week, what are a few things that I can cut out of my life, out of my business right now that I'm just doing Mm. Um, sort of out of insanity, like things I'm doing over and over and over again, because I'm used to doing them, they become habits. Or like, what can I cut out that's sort of toxic in my life? Maybe it's having certain conversations when, uh, you know, there's certain groups get together, or maybe it's just certain people in your life that you have to set boundaries with. And I think that's the big thing is how can we set more boundaries to live a more fulfilling life and to make a bigger impact on other people in life? Because in order to make an impact, we have to set those boundaries and we can't, you know, let everyone else drain us. 
You mentioned mom business owners a moment ago and earlier touched on the comparison trap or game. What about the combination of those two? Why is the comparison game, Kate, particularly dangerous for for moms in business? Mm, I think it's really hard these days, especially because of social media. And we go on, we look at what all these other people are, especially women are doing and women with businesses who are moms. And we think like, wow, she's doing it all. And it's just a little sliver of that person's life, right? We see the highlight reel. And for myself, I've made a commitment to show all of the messy and to only show a little bit of the highlight reel. I just, I think it's so important, especially as women that we're vulnerable and we share it all. And someone that I really admire and look up to is Sarah Blakely, the CEO and founder of Spanx. Mm. You know, she's someone who has it all together. She has this billion dollar company and she shows up online on Instagram and shows the mess of her life at times, (laughs) the disaster. Like you should see, I, I don't know if you follow her on Instagram, but she's been showing, she had this video of going around the house, videotaping everything, the dishes in the sink and the food on the floor and the broken plates and the dirty laundry everywhere. And she's laughing. She's like trying to keep it together. And she's like, we're fine. We're fine. We have it all together. We have it all together. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. And that just gives me so much hope seeing that, wow, like this woman, she's so successful and her life is not perfect. So I think that especially as women, we need to do that for other women. We need to stop pretending like everything's okay and show that, yes, we can have success. We can have joy. We can have fulfillment in life and we can still experience the messiness and the chaos and the disappointment at times too. I love that. Uh, Let's address or talk a bit about uh, the visualization exercises that you outline in the book. There are a number of these that you include. Uh, I remember uh, participating in the first one myself and and very similar to you, uh, picturing myself on a stage clicker in hand yeah. uh, without the uh, heels though. Um, <laughs> you, um, so talk about uh, maybe one of those as an example and, and, and why you recommend uh, the visualization process so heartily. Yeah. So I think if we can visualize, if, if we don't have a clear picture of what our dreams are, we can't step into them. Mm. Like we don't know which steps to take to get there. So we have to first have a clear picture. One little exercise that I really love doing is having people go back to, and this is like the first visualization, I can't even say it at times, (laughs) visualization of the book is who were you before the world told you that you couldn't do all of these things, right? Before we Mm. learned about the biases of how things should be um, or who who we should be when we grow up. So as a little kid, like what were those dreams and desires that you had? What were those things that you love to do? Because if you can really go back and take a little snapshot of what those things were and like sit there and dream, I guarantee some of those things are present in your life right now Mm. or things that maybe you should start having them become a part of your life again. So, um, you know, like maybe as a little kid, like you really loved art and you love painting and getting messy and, you know, life happened and you had to wear a suit to work and you had to be put together all the time and you didn't have time for hobbies. What were those things that brought you joy? Because I guarantee those things will still bring you joy today if you can go back and you can reconnect with them. 
Well, I appreciate all you have uh, shared uh, so generously uh, from the book, Kate. I've got a couple of questions I want to ask you that aren't directly related to it. Uh, but before I do that, uh, anything I didn't cover or anything you want to make sure to include that wasn't asked about? I just would like to say a little mantra that has been really helpful for me and my clients throughout the years is today is the most time you'll ever have. So make sure that you figure out what your priorities are, what it is that you want, clear everything out of the way that's getting in the way of your dream and start taking small little steps today because life gets busier, life gets messier. And we always think we're going to have more time tomorrow, but it never happens. So just start living with that mantra of today's the most time I'll ever have. I need to get started on my dreams or whatever that is today, because that's the only way that I'll get there. Mm, great advice. Well, there are a number of books you reference in this one. I know you're reading quite regularly, studying and uh, improving. Uh, when it comes to reading, for you, Kate, particularly reading to learn, what do you do to help retain what you read or to make sure you're going to take action on it and implement uh, something you learn? Any special uh, tricks or strategies that you use? For me, it's really the power of visualization again. And yeah, like connecting with what the writer is saying with a story in my life. I always learn the best through story. And as you can tell in my book, I tell a lot of story too. Mm. It's just how I connect and how I remember things. So for me, it's just like, how can I see this story? How can I connect it with my life, with my own story? And That's really what helps me retain the information. You mentioned having just worked on your second book and completed it in December. Any chance we could get you to sort of tease us as to what that's going to be about and when we can expect it? Yeah. So the second book is actually a follow up to the first book. So the first book was a regular nonfiction book, but the second one is is a follow up workbook. So it's not going to be quite as long. It's going to be long, but it's not quite as long. So there's 12 chapters in the first nonfiction book, Thinking Like a Boss. And each chapter goes through each one of the lies or limiting beliefs that we tell ourselves in business. And the workbook is like a 12-week journey to take people through. So each chapter of the workbook is actually one week. And okay. we dive deep into even more exercises and more story. So it's more of like this interactive experience. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be coming out October 6th. Awesome. That'll be a great compliment to the book. And I look forward to that. Well, the book, again, we're talking about today is called Thinking Like a Boss, Uncover and Overcome the Lies Holding You Back from Success. And she is Kate Crocker. Kate, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your day to be here with us. I really appreciate it. And especially in light of the fact that you're playing the role of stay-at-home mom right now with two kids, you know, under three, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jeff. This is wonderful. See, didn't I tell you? Something for everyone. The female business owner coach who's written a book for female business owners that isn't just for female business owners. Either way, who do you know that needs this book? Be sure and tell them about this podcast episode. For links to Kate's resources, including her book, Thinking Like a Boss, You can visit the blog post for this episode. That's at readtoleadpodcast.com slash 315 for episode 315. If you have feedback about a particular episode, questions, comments, suggestions, whatever it might be, email me directly, jeff at readtoleadpodcast.com. Next week on the podcast, we'll be chatting with my friend Pierce Mars about his new book, Could You Survive Shark Tank? The Shark's Top 7 Questions Every Autumn. 
entrepreneur must answer. That's next time on the Read to Lead podcast. Finally, wherever you are, I hope your family is safe and well. Well, that's going to do it for this week. I look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, remember, leaders read and readers lead. Thank you.